Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the Fruited Plain. The phone number, 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. Uh, breaking news uh, across the nation, the Art Institutes. There's the Art Institute of Atlanta and others. Uh, they've gone out of business. They, uh, Atlanta school enrolled 580 undergraduate students, according to its most recent filing. Uh, but they are, they're out of business. Uh, they're giving their students uh, transcripts, updated transcripts. So you've got the Art Institute of Atlanta, the Art Institute of Austin, the Art Institute of Dallas, the Art Institute of Houston, the Art Institute of San Antonio, the Art Institute of Tampa, the Art Institute of Virginia Beach and the Miami International University of Art and Design, uh, they are shuttered as of um, effective September 30th, 2023, and they will be permanently closed. That's happening right now uh, in Joe Biden's economy, no less. More of Joe Biden's economy. Um, wow. Wow. Uh, feel sorry for the um the kids involved um that's that's not good uh, you know and a lot of these inst- inst- art institutes they're they're harder and harder and more and more ex- expensive um but as interest rates have gone up it's just hard to keep going now all right i'm dodging a little bit I, oh gosh, I keep nothing from you. I'm probably a little more transparent with you guys than I should be. And I know I'm more transparent than your typical radio show host. And I tend to share with you my strongly held beliefs on things even when it can get me into trouble with you. Like, y'all know my views on Trump and the like, and and many of you disagree with me. Uh, But even with with some of the the Trump stuff and the like, I I, I bite my tongue on occasion just because I'm like, it's not worth it. It's not worth dealing with the hassle that I know I'm going to get. But it's not just with Trump. It's with, with a number of issues. And I always... I, I can say this, and, and I, I can tell you in, in truthfully that I've never not engaged. It just takes me a while to build up the the desire to talk about certain topics because I know the blowback I'm going to get when I do. And these days, when you bring up DeSantis, the amount of blowback you get from DeSantis supporters, many of whom are friends, they got my text, they got my my email, they've got my cell phone, and they want to text me and tell me I'm wrong and why. Some of them make persuasive cases. 
Some of them don't. Many of them get very, very angry or emotional. Uh, if I say anything slightly critical, and I, I'm not here to toe the party line for anyone or any candidate, my job is to tell you my views. My views as someone who was elected, who ran campaigns, who was a lawyer, who knows the law, who knows public policy, um, who who is generally well-read, uh, has talked to plenty of sources. And here is the reality in the 2024 Republican presidential primary process. If the election were held tomorrow and it's not, Donald Trump would be the nominee. Donald Trump is running out of money, however. His money is going to lawyers. That provides an opening for one of the other candidates, but any of the candidates who could attack Trump credibly have not attacked Trump credibly, and Donald Trump's numbers just keep growing. Fawny Willis, the district attorney in Atlanta, I, I doubt Fawny Willis has time for my show, let alone would listen, but I want Fawny Willis to understand, and I want the Fulton County district attorney to understand, if Donald Trump does get elected president again, she and her prosecution will have done a lot to make it happen because they decided to mugshot Donald Trump. They decided, and you can understand their rationalization, that no one is above the law. There's one standard of law. Everyone gets mugshotted in Fulton County, so the former president will get a mugshot as well. The moment they released that mugshot, the moment they made it public, Donald Trump's polling went even higher. DeSantis fans, Haley fans, Pence fans, Scotts fans, they all say, well, this was designed to ensure Donald Trump becomes the Republican nominee. It's all designed to help him. I think on the Democratic side, there's some of that. Democrats can deny it all they want. But the reality is we just went through the 2022 presidential campaign cycle where Democrats told us, openly bragged about the fact they were pouring money into races to help certain Republicans become the nominee, the ones they thought would be the easiest to beat. And so I do think the Democrats want Donald Trump to be the nominee. I do think that there is some level of polling out there designed to produce that result. I don't think it is as insidious, invasive, or malicious as a lot of people on the non-Trump side of the GOP think. You talk to some of the DeSantis or the Pence or the Haley people, and they'll tell you that uh, some of these polls right now are maliciously designed to elevate Donald Trump to make it seem like the race is over. I don't actually think in a lot of the public media polling that's the case. Sure, there's some out there that is. You got some fly-by-night pollsters you've never heard of before who are doing this, but I don't think that's generally the case. I do think there are polls designed to skew the polling average. We saw that in 2022 with a number of the Republican pollsters, including Trafalgar, were coming out helping Republicans in the polling averages, painting a picture in the polling averages of the GOP doing better than they actually were. Had you deleted the Republican pollsters, the polling was actually pretty dialed in and accurate. You, you got a pretty good snapshot of what was actually happening in the polls. So what's actually happening out there in, in the land right now? Nationally, Donald Trump reigns supreme. But there are some, if you read the tea leaves, if you see what's happening, there are some warning signs there for even the Trump team. Last week, the Trump campaign signaled they were done focusing on uh, the primary. They were fun, done beating up DeSantis. They thought there's no way DeSantis can recover. And they were going to move on to Joe Biden. They were going to run a general election campaign. Good for them. Over the weekend, it turns out they 
put in a big buy in Iowa to go against DeSantis. Why? Because while the national polling is very good for Donald Trump, there's a lot of polling in Iowa that's bad for Donald Trump. When you look at the when you look at the public opinion polling in Iowa, Donald Trump does very well. There's a problem, however. In the caucuses, they don't function like a primary. You've got to actually show up. You've got to be actually engaged. And you've got to actually have a backup. Because the first person you vote for never actually wins. It's the first and second choice combined that tends to win. And the problem for Donald Trump is if you know how to read the polling in Iowa, if you combine people's first choice and second choice, DeSantis has an advantage. That's why DeSantis is making Iowa a must-win state. Now, the DeSantis campaign spin, and I think they're wrong, but this is what they tell you. Donald Trump is essentially the incumbent. Donald Trump is the top dog. Donald Trump is the man everyone believes is inevitable. If Ron DeSantis wins in Iowa, it fundamentally shakes up the race and shows vulnerabilities to Trump. That's a that's fair spin, by the way. you got to give it to him. That, that's fair spin. Mike Huckabee and Rick Santorum and Ted Cruz all had similar spin. Rick Santorum's and um, and Mike Huckabee's was all about stopping Mitt Romney and John McCain. That McCain was the inevitable guy in twenty what twenty two thousand eight. Romney was the inevitable guy in twenty twelve. Huckabee beat McCain. Uh, Santorum beat Romney, and it became uh, the inevitability game was off, and it didn't didn't work. The problem is this. Right now, the DeSantis campaign is uh, doesn't have a ton of money. Its super PAC has a ton of money. The campaign itself does not. Donald Trump does not have a ton of money. Donald Trump's super PAC does not have a ton of money. But Donald Trump has massive name recognition and a built-in base of support and can run a multi-state campaign. DeSantis is focused primarily on Iowa. Chris Christie is focused primarily on New Hampshire. Nikki Haley focused more on New Hampshire than Iowa. Tim Scott and Mike Pence focused on Iowa. And that gives Donald Trump the avenue for a multi-state campaign. You're going to have Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina all pretty much clustered together at the end of January, beginning of, of February. So even if if Iowa goes for DeSantis, it's like a week or two later you're going to have New Hampshire. New Hampshire is a different ballgame, and DeSantis hasn't put the time into New Hampshire. That's Chris Christie's territory. So let's say DeSantis wins Iowa, Chris Christie wins New Hampshire. That's bad for Trump because the inevitability error is off, but then you've got South Carolina where Donald Trump is ahead of Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, and everyone else combined. And then you go to Nevada, and they've changed the rules of the caucuses in Nevada and the primary there to benefit Donald Trump. External factors are increasingly something these candidates are having to rely on to throw Trump off his game. Now, if you look at the state-level polling as well, Nikki Haley is not reflected in the national polls as surging, but in Iowa and New Hampshire, the state-level polling is showing she's beginning to gain ground. Her crowds are larger. The anecdotal evidence shows her fundraising is up. Her crowd sizes are up. Her state-level polling is up. 
at this point, it's almost hard to see why anyone is staying in the race other than Haley DeSantis and Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy is kind of stagnated now. The older voters have seen him. They don't particularly care for him. They think he's too much of a know-it-all. He's starting to fade. He's doing well in some of the state-level polling in Iowa and New Hampshire, but he's starting to come back down as Haley goes up. Haley's cutting into him. And Ramaswamy's a, uh, a proxy for Trump anyway. Uh, Ramaswamy is, is a candidate who exists to fill a void on the debate stage for Donald Trump. That's really about it at this point. But Ramaswamy, he's fine in the polling. Haley's going up. DeSantis is, is still in second place. I just, I don't understand. Look, you're not going to get Tim Scott, and you're not going to get Chris Christie, and you're not going to get Mike Pence out of the race anytime soon unless their money dries up. Christie's going to stay in through New Hampshire. Scott and Pence are going to have a stand in Iowa. Um, but Doug Burgum, why is he still there? Asa Hutchinson, why is he still there? Will Hill, or Will Hurd, rather, why, why is he still there? They, they make no sense as candidates in the race anymore. There's going to be another debate this week, Fox Business with Dana Perino. The race, I think, after the second debate has greater opportunity to begin consolidation. If Nikki Haley continues to go up, it puts pressure on the people beneath her, including Tim Scott, who competes for South Carolina with Nikki Haley, uh, to possibly get out. Tim Scott did not have a strong debate performance. He's a great guy. Tim Scott's a great guy. He's out uh, explaining to voters that he's not going to get out, and he has this to say. But what I need to do is to continue to do what I have been doing, showing up. The more time I spend in Iowa, the better off I will be. The more time I spend in New Hampshire, the better off I will be. The good news is polls don't vote, but people do. And so I need to make sure that I find myself in front of the most people as possible on a consistent basis. The more I do that, the better off we will be. The good news is this campaign is just getting ready to see the fourth quarter. I love football season. I love football. I like the fourth quarter. It's a it's good spin for Tim Scott. But what's his financial situation? He, he's going all in on Iowa where he's not really moving right now. Haley's moving. He didn't have a strong debate performance. He's got to come out and look like a fighter on the debate stage. That's Tim Scott's problem. I love the guy. I, I adore Tim Scott, and he would make a fantastic president of the United States. But at my gathering... And on the debate stage and the like, the reaction from people is he's just not up for a brutal fight. He's too nice of a guy. He's got to he's got to show some some fight on stage. Right now, though, they've got to find a way to get past Donald Trump, and none of them are doing it. Chris Christie's the only one throwing punches, and his are kind of falling flat. Uh, Mike Pence needs to be more aggressive, and DeSantis, if they want to win, they must beat Donald Trump, and none of them are really acting like they want to beat him. You're just playing second fiddle to him. So the question is, do they really want to win or not? The race can still shake up. There's still prosecutions to come. Donald Trump is running out of money. But none of the other candidates seem to be doing, like, really good jabs at Trump. Haley is starting, which is interesting, suggesting it's time to move on. DeSantis is starting, too. But the question is, is it too late? The Trump supporters say, yes, it's too late. But Donald Trump spending more against DeSantis in Iowa suggests it's not. I run a small business. You may not realize this radio show is small business. I've got employees. i got management headaches, hirings of employees, thankfully no firings. But you got to deal with the management burden sometimes. If you're a small business owner, you probably deal with those headaches as well. And sometimes I've realized it's better to 
outsourced to an HR department. So you don't have to be the bad guy. Your employees can like you and you want to deal with an HR department that your employees can like for the most part when they need HR assistance. And you got to think about these things as a small business owner. Let's say somebody isn't showing up when they're supposed to. You don't want to have to be the confrontational bad guy. That's where Bambi comes in. Or an employee reports a serious issue like sexual harassment, and you're not even sure if you got a documented policy. Bambi can take care of those things. With Bambi, you get access to a dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 a month. They're available by phone, by email, real-time chat, so you can do onboardings and terminations that run smoothly. Your team members help coaching for peak performance. Your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations, and they always change. Y'all, Bambi's dedicated HR managers are U.S.-based individuals who are dedicated to your business. So they seem like they're on your team, not just somebody from a different company, but actually on your team with the personal touches you want. So if you need HR assistance for your growing small business, reach out to Bambi, Bambi Bambi.com. Go right now, type in Eric Erickson under podcast when you sign up. It'll help the show. It's spelled Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E.com, Bambi.com. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast. Start moving your business forward with great, dedicated, team-oriented HR, Bambi.com. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation, 877-973-7425. Those of you on the phones, be patient with me. I will take your phone call. When I come back, this is a short segment because it went long in the last segment, so be patient with me. All of you on phones, and I will get your phone calls, 877-973-7425. There is, I'm just going to read you the tweet. This is the tweet from NBC News. Extreme weather, including a summer that brought dangerous heat for much of the United States, is bolstering Americans' belief that they've personally felt the impact of climate change, new polling finds. You can understand why Democrats think all of the public's concerns about Joe Biden's age are media manufactured because it's what the left has done with the climate to get American anxiety up about climate. They have manufactured the news stories about climate. They have refused to be truthful about the climate. They have refused to be honest about, for example, the Hunga Tonga Hunga volcano that has caused the increase in temperatures. They have lied repeatedly about these things. They have pushed multiple news stories. Third-party left-wing nonprofits have funded climate reporters for newspapers to do nonstop fear scenario reporting, and it has worked. It it has absolutely worked to make Americans get anxious about the climate. So in that regard, you can kind of see how they think that all the stories about Joe Biden's age are also uh, media manufactured, takes one to no one. It's what they did with climate. So they're convinced that Republicans must be responsible for the fear scenarios over Joe Biden's age, except the media never pushes those Republican talking points. They only do it from the left. Therefore, there must be a real concern about Joe Biden, even as so much of the hysteria about climate is actually media manufactured on behalf of left-wing propagandists. Now, so many of those fear scenarios and stuff impact everything, including the economy and the stock market, which is why you may want to consider precious metals to ease the ebbs and flows of the economy and your portfolio. Swiss America is a great partner to do business with in that regard. They are the nation's trusted leader in precious metals for over 40 years. 
Right now, you can get the Walking Liberty Half Dollar at an amazing low price. $13.50 each delivered. Limit 250 coins per customer while supplies last. I've actually got the Walking Liberty Half Dollar. I've got the, the, the full dollar and I've got the half dollar. I've had the full dollar for a while. It makes a great collector's item and keepsake for your kids. It's also a great entryway into precious metals. And walking and, and for uh, Swiss America makes it really easy to get the Walking Liberty Half Dollar. You can also get their uh, special report, The War on Cash, on how governments and businesses try to force you to use plastic and digital currency to control you. All you do, call 800-289-2646. 800-289-2646. You can call them or text them my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Message and data rates apply. You can also go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric today, 800-289-2646 or SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. It's Eric Erickson here across America. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, delighted to have you with me. As always, remember, text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. Get the show notes, sign up for the show notes. You can get the podcast, the live stream, all that great stuff. Uh, as promised, I want to get to phone calls. People have been waiting patiently while I've been running my mouth. Bruce, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show, Bruce. Thanks for being patient. Hey, Eric. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. You're a busy man today. How's it going so far? You know, I, I, I still have my voice. I, I, I got to So I did Mark Aram's show. I, I'm doing my show. Got to actually fill in for my buddy Ben Shapiro this evening, too, for the same reason, Yom Kippur. Uh, then I got to do Anderson Cooper's show on TV and Leland Vittert's show on TV. So I may never leave my office today. <laughs> yeah, good luck with the voice. Hey, I'd appreciate your thoughts on the following um, that I've thought about. At the highest of highest levels, the 100,000-foot level, the strategy at the national political level that the Democrats are crushing the Republicans on is a communications war. You talked about the 2023 meme war breaking out in your previous segment. I think that's just one of many tactics that they are excellent in, and we get crushed because they own the mainstream media. They got a basically a demented buffoon elected after he stayed in his basement during the campaign. They won the midterms. They are crushing us at communication and messaging. What are your well, thoughts about that? You know, I will tell you the whole reason they're doing this Joe cool thing is because they actually think online the GOP is doing better. And, and I will tell you the data shows uh, Republicans on Facebook tend to outperform Democrats and conservatives uh, outperform progressives. That's why they hate uh, Facebook so much, because uh, Ben Shapiro's uh, website and podcast and the Daily Wire and National Review and Fox News uh, are way are, are the most highly trafficked sources on Facebook. And now Twitter, to some degree, they've they've abandoned that. So online, the right has done a good job. However, in in mainstream culture, you're absolutely right. The you've got uh, ABC, CBS, NBC, PBS. Uh, you've got CNN, MSNBC, USA Today, The New York Times, The Washington Post. You name the newspaper. Uh, it, it, it all caters to the left. Major corporations cater towards the left. Your your cultural institutions cater to the left. Academia caters to the left. And yet, while while that's true, we shouldn't underestimate the fact that Republicans can and, and often do still win in large part because the message so often deviates from reality that the voters are still that still come with us. So, I mean, let's take the economy right now, Bruce. Every major media institution in the nation 
has done stories on how the economy is good. Uh, the majority of the talking heads, the majority of the economists, the majority of the talking points have all been voters actually have a good thing going. We're better than everyone else in the world, which is true economically. We are. Our inflation is lower than everywhere else in the world, which is true. It is. Uh, and so the the voters should be grateful. And, and But when they get to the end voters should be grateful point, they miss the fact that groceries are higher, gas is price, pricier, cost of living is up. Uh, mortgage rates are up, interest rates are up, inflation is still high, uh, and so they don't tell the full story. So even though they do run the cultural stories and the economic stories of the left, even though they're more likely to share the, the data of the left, even though they're more sympathetic to the left, even though they carry the water for the left, the results ultimately still matter. And because the results matter as much as they do, voters are still willing to deal with us. And a great example for you, Bruce, in Georgia, the national media and local media overwhelmingly favored Stacey Abrams, and she lost. National media in particular, and, and you know, to their credit, uh, local media was, was more skeptical of Abrams, but it was still disproportionately dominant, um, favorable coverage to Stacey Abrams, uh, Georgia Public Broadcasting, uh, National Public Radio, uh, all, all the major news outlets, all disproportionately carried water for Abrams and Abrams' agenda. And she still lost, and Republicans maintained their control of the state legislature. They maintained their dominance in the congressional races. Yeah, they lost the Senate, but Herschel Walker was a terrible candidate. Um, so Republicans still get elected despite all the cultural institutions and the dominant voices of the press being against them in large part because results matter. And frankly, Kemp at the state level had such good results and nationally Biden has such bad results. It's just really hard. Otherwise back to the phones, 877-973-7425. Angie, you're up next. Welcome. Angie. Hi. Angie. Well, all right, we're going to drop Angie there. Maybe Angie can come back up. Oh, nope, Angie just dropped herself. All right, Jack, you're going to be next. I haven't gotten to this story yet, Jack, so you can help me get to it. Eric, thank you very much for taking my call. I'm just very curious about this Robert Menendez situation because, quite frankly, from what I'm reading, Chuck Schumer knew about this for a year. Yes. Why? Why now? Is my question. Okay, so let, let let's back up and give the lay of the land. Not only did Chuck Schumer know he was under investigation for a year, let let, let me back up and give everyone the whole story here. Menendez okay. was under investigation for corruption and was prosecuted and indicted for corruption in 2018. Menendez, um, the prosecutors dropped the case at the time. Um, they they couldn't dot all the i's and cross all the t's. They thought they had. This is the most remarkable part of, of this, y'all. This, Honest to God, this is the most remarkable part of this entire story and the thing you got to remember. Prosecutors indicted Robert Menendez. It was in 2017 that they indicted him. They dropped the case in 2018. According to prosecutors, right after they dropped the last case in 2018, Menendez started taking bribes again. I mean, the, 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 the level of corruption is amazing. Menendez held a press conference this morning, made it all about race, said they're going after the Latino in the Senate, and he's not going anywhere, and that he, he ignored the gold bars. He did not acknowledge the gold bars. 
But he claimed, given the system of oppression in Cuba, that uh, where his family is from, that as a matter of, of habit, he withdraws large sums of money over time and stockpiles them in the house just to be on the safe side, just for emergencies. He doesn't want to get to a point where he doesn't have access to cash because when his family was growing up, the Cuban communists took over and they shut everything down. One, that should tell you what he thinks about the Biden economy. But two, he ignored the fact that one of his co-conspirators, one of the other indicted people in the in the felony indictment, that that person's fingerprints were on the money. So what he's essentially acknowledging is that he took out large sums of cash and led uh, in other indicted people go play with his money in his pockets in his house. It doesn't add up. But to Jack's point on Chuck Schumer, Chuck Schumer's known for a year. Not only did Chuck Schumer know for a year, but even though the last indictment was dropped in 2018, the Senate Ethics Committee continued to investigate it and found that Menendez fell well short. Menendez fell well short of the ethical standards of the Senate, and yet Schumer allowed him to stay on as chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. That doesn't really make a lot of sense, except Menendez was one of the very few Democrats who could be in charge of the Foreign Relations Committee who was pro-Israel and anti-communist. Think about that. Of the U.S. senators who could be chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee, Menendez is one of the few who was anti-communist and pro-Israel. And Schumer did not want to put someone on who hates Israel and is pro-communist because it would look bad to the American public. So instead, he left on a guy who he's known was under felony indictment or felony investigation that's led to indictment. Really remarkable screw-up from Chuck Schumer on this. That's how bad of he's got to pull from in the Senate. And Menendez is doing himself no favors in these press conferences. He's hired Hunter Biden's lawyer, by the way. Of course he has. He's hired Hunter Biden's lawyer. What Bob Menendez forgot is if you're going to get gold bars in cash and be a Democrat, you've still got to have the Biden name. Otherwise, you're just like a Republican as far as the prosecutors are concerned. 877-973-7425. Angie is back with us. Welcome, Angie. How are you? Hi, Eric. How are you doing? Good. I want to um, ask your opinion about the Democrats trying to, you know, steal the election in Pennsylvania, um, trying to change over to the automatic voter registration thing. Can you explain that to me? Yes, uh, this is so Pennsylvania Republicans, when they controlled the legislature, uh, were opposed to voter registration at the time of getting a driver's license when you're 18. A lot of states have, it's called motor voter. It's actually a federal law that when you get your driver's license, you can also register to vote. Um, it, what Pennsylvania wants to do now is make it fairly automatic that when you get your driver's license at 18, uh, you're also going to automatically be registered to vote. The Republicans in Pennsylvania had refused for years to go along with that and other voter registration schemes. The Republicans picked a very pro-Trump MAGA candidate for a special election in a moderate area of the state. That candidate lost. Uh, the Democrats won, and now the Democrats are in charge of the Pennsylvania legislature. They had picked up the Senate. They didn't pick up the House. This is candidates matter, and they need to be a good fit for an area. So when you have a pro-Trump MAGA candidate who believes 2020 was stolen 
in a moderate area that Trump did not win, but Republicans have historically done well in, and you give them a Trump candidate, well, those voters rejected the Trump candidate in favor of the Democrat. Democrats now control the entirety of the legislature, and so they're going to rush forward. Uh, The Republicans won't be able to block it. They'll change the voting rules in Pennsylvania. They'll make it easier for people to register to vote, including uh, full implementation of automatic voter registration when people get their driver's license, among other things. Um, And Republicans will have more skepticism of the elections in Pennsylvania. But y'all, at the end of the day, the Republicans have a lot to do with this. And Republicans, you know, I... I was at a dinner the other night, and and a guy came up to me, and I I try to be polite, and it's always a particular type of person. And he begins to lecture me on how you make everything about Trump. And No, I don't. He gave me a couple examples, and they literally were about Trump. He's like, no, they weren't. This is about MAGA. In New Hampshire and Pennsylvania, the MAGA wing of the GOP picked MAGA candidates who believe the election was stolen in 2020, and they were bad fits for the districts they were running in. It is politics 101. Run candidates who are good fits for your area. And so the Trump wing of the party found candidates who were election deniers. The voters in those areas had historically rejected any candidate who denied the election. And guess what? Those candidates lost. So in New Hampshire, the, the Democrats have made gains in the state legislature there. The GOP did have supermajorities. Now they don't. And in Pennsylvania, the GOP has lost the state Senate or the state House because they ran a MAGA candidate in an area that doesn't like those sorts of candidates, and the voters rejected them. The voters in that area have always picked Republicans. They've routinely picked Republicans. But not now, not with that sort of candidate. Uh, the candidates matter. I'm not saying you can't run an election denying MAGA candidate in, in the South somewhere or even in the Midwest, but in swing districts, you cannot. And until you learn the lesson that not every candidate everywhere can get elected, uh, you're going to keep losing. I mean, it goes to, I mean, just, just take the polling now for 2024. Where is Donald Trump suddenly going to win Georgia? He lost it in 2020. Herschel Walker lost in 2022. Is he suddenly going to do it? Maybe. It was only 11,000 votes. The election, the, the economy so bad, maybe he can. But Michigan, where the MAGA-style candidates got swept out of power everywhere. Wisconsin, same thing happened. Arizona, Nevada. I mean, you got to win these states to win the Electoral College. Uh, How is he going to get those get ground back? That's a hard thing to explain to MAGA voters who think he walks on water. But, I mean, at the end of the day... These elections matter. They have consequences, and you can continue to say that they were stolen, but uh, when you do, what's going to happen to you is the voters reject your candidates. And you, again, you can believe the election was stolen, but if you campaign on relitigating 2020, you're probably going to lose in a lot of these places because most voters disagree with you, even if you think you're right, and they're going to reject you and your candidates as a result. So do you want to win, or do you just want to scratch your itches and tickle your ears? I'd rather win myself. I'd also like you to go to EdenPureDeals.com and get the 360 air fan. What a great, great fan. I use this fan in my house. I used it on the front porch. You're not supposed to, but I did, and it worked. It blows uh, heated air up to 33 feet. 33 feet, is that right? Yes, 33 feet, or cools the air. It, it uses. It's got a special design. There are no bulbs to change. It's a heater and a cooler. It's a, it's a fan, but it also circulates hot air. It's electric. You plug it in. 
and it can warm a room up to a thousand square feet. It's very quiet. The last week I had one in my my office just to demonstrate it. I had one in the office blowing last week. I took it back home with me. Um, but you couldn't hear it on the microphone. You could not hear the fan, even though it was on high. That's how quiet it is. And it works. You can feel the air circulate. You can get one at EdenPureDeals.com by using the discount code ERIC360, E-R-I-C-K-360. You get over $25 off the lowest price listed. You get free shipping. All you do is go to the website, EdenPureDeals.com. You use the discount code ERIC360. You get the Eden Pure 360 heater cooler fan. Ships to your house, free shipping, warms the air, cools the air, however you need it to work. It just works, and it's quiet. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I got an email from Linda. She says, MAGA means make America great again. There's nothing wrong with that. The left has turned MAGA into a bad word. When you use it like you are talking about MAGA candidates, you're using their talking points. No, I'm talking about Trump. I guess I should say Trump candidates then, Linda. Should I? Uh, they identify themselves as MAGA candidates. Uh, they identify themselves as the MAGA wing of the GOP. It, this is not a, a Democratic talking point. This is how they themselves identify. Um, and you want me to use Trump candidates? Then I guess you would be blasting me for attacking Donald Trump. This is part of the problem with the sensitivities of some of the people from that part of the party is you use the labels that those candidates themselves run as. They call themselves MAGA. Both of these candidates called themselves MAGA candidates. Uh, and then you get the, well, you're just, you're, you're insulting them by calling them that. That's what they call themselves. There's no winning with these people sometimes. The, the, the sensitivities of that's literally how they labeled their candidacies. I'm sure Linda didn't know that, and she got defensive with me for it, but you don't need to be defensive on this stuff. Good grief. Okay, when we come back, when we come back, I got a couple stories, one of which is Intuit. Uh, Intuit is the, they own Quicken, QuickBooks, and others. They've been trying to block gun companies from using QuickBooks. They are now walking that back after Ted Cruz began asking some pointed questions. But before we get there, we got to talk about Joe Biden walking the picket line. Some audio right now. This is Donna Brazil on ABC's This Week yesterday. Donna, we've also got these striking auto workers this week. President Biden is going to go out and join the picket line. Uh, Pete Buttigieg said, you know, he's just siding with the workers. But historically, I, I, I don't think that's really ever happened before. First time ever that a president, but look, he's probably... Is he making the right move? Absolutely. He's a pro-union president. He, he has always sided with working people. And this year alone, he has helped to avert strikes in other major, major industries. But what I want to say is that these workers have been screwed out of the, the type of compensation that they should have received after... Yeah, march with the unions. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.